Welcome to the show. I want to continue our series looking at the book, Finding Peace in Life Storms. Finding Peace in Life Storms was written in 2012 by my wife and I in response to a series of trials that we had going on in our life. And I want to pick up where we picked up, where we ended up last week, where we're talking about Romans 8.28. And talking about a little bit different interpretation of Romans 8.28 that I want to start out with today. Just kind of read that to you again, and, and we can go from there. Uh, then in all things, God works together with those who love him to bring about what is good. All things, God works together with those who love him to bring about what is good. And last week we were talking a little bit about this idea that that is Romans eight twenty eight is not a passive verse. We have a role for that. I mean, we have a role in that in that process that God uses the things in our life. And to the degree that we can embrace our trials and celebrate our trials, I do believe we need to understand our role, understand exactly. You know what this is all about how god uses the trials while god allows the trials in our life and what we should be doing to help god bring about what is good um, one of the one of the first weeks i mentioned that you know this idea of suffering is very confusing to a lot of people you know it's a big reason why a lot of people don't even believe in god um, the idea being that if god is love and god cares about you why would god allow you to suffer in fact, a lot of atheists conclude that God doesn't exist because if God existed, he wouldn't exist in the world that we live in. There's no way this world would look like the way that it does. You know, there's a lot of people that feel that way. There's also a lot of people that believe in God, but God really isn't a part of their life. And quite often what's happened is they've had something happen in their life. They've had a trial, someone died, something happened. You know, they went to God, uh, pleaded for a change in circumstances, for help, and they believe God didn't show up. You know, so why in the world would they be for God if God wasn't for them? And Romans 8.28 is either a true verse or it's not a true verse. Um, all things works together. All things work together. Not some things, but all things. You know, so it, it's either true or it's not. And the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, you meet a lot of people in life that have trials um, and do not believe those trials have worked out for good. I've heard that multiple times. You know, I don't believe that. I don't believe how this could be good. I, that was one of the struggles that I went through with uh, our daughter's accident. You know, how in the world could this be good, this suffering? You know, a lot of people point to a trial that just hasn't worked out for them. So what's going on there? And that's really what I want to talk about today because, you know, what I think happens is that people really focus on the problem and not the promise. And they do some things that maybe inhibit God. They do some things that make it more difficult for God to bring about what is good, bring about things for good. And so I want to talk about that. Some of the things that I've learned uh, and, and one thing in particular is that I believe that Romans 8.28 has a quantifier, meaning that there's a condition that needs to be met for this process to work out. That in all things, God works together with those who love him to bring about what is good. 
And I believe that quantifier is with those who love him. That that's really the key to it. So when we have these situations in our life that have not worked out for good or we do not feel like they have, you know, we can't really see the good. When you hear friends, neighbors, people saying things along those lines, what's going on there? Romans 8:28 is either true or it's not true. If it's true, then everything has to work out for good. So what's going on there? And this is what comes back to our role, I believe, in this, in this process that I keep focusing on. And the key to this is, I believe, in, in Romans 8, 28, is, is love him. God works together with those who love him to bring about what is good. You know, what does that mean? You know, when we say that we love him, what, is it, what does that mean? And, you know, does that mean we have an affection for God? I mean, does that mean, you know, what does that mean? And, and in scriptures, there's, there's, an, there's an equation that, that we equate loving with obedience. In fact, in 1 John 5, 3, scripture talks about, in fact, this is love for God, to keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. And so throughout, and there's several verses throughout Scripture that talk about this, but I believe this quantifier, as I'm calling it, this love him, this condition that needs to exist for this process to work for good, there's an obedience element to it. That's really what our role is. And another way of looking at it is that all things, God works together with those who obey him to bring about what is good. And I believe it's important that we understand that because when, when we have these situations that we, we don't feel like that they work out for good, I believe that we are doing something to inhibit God. Romans 8.28 is true or it's not true. So the challenge is, you know, what, what are you doing? You know, are you loving God? Are you obeying God? You know, are you short-circuiting God? You know, and what it really comes down to is understanding what obedience looks like during our trials. You know, if our, if our challenge is to love him, to bring about what is good, what does that look like? What does that mean? What are we supposed to be doing? And this is something that I searched Scripture for. I really couldn't find anything that would pinpoint that. I, I looked and looked and looked, and I actually ran across a quote um, that I felt like had a little bit of a meaning. It was actually a quote by Albert Einstein. And, you know, let me, let me share the quote with you. And it's, and it's, life is like a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must be moving forward. Life is like a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must be moving forward. You know, when we ride a bike, if we stop pedaling and we slow down, we'll fall. But we keep our balance by moving forward. So what is it, what, why did I believe that was significant? Well, you know, you might think Albert Einstein, he was a pretty smart guy, probably one of the smartest guys that ever lived. Um, so it's probably not surprising that his insight would probably be meaningful. But I don't believe that Albert Einstein meant this quote in the context of what I'm talking about. Because Albert Einstein was an atheist, and he's one of these people that it, that it believe that the existence of evil proves that there's no God. In fact, he made fun of Christians. 
He made fun of people that believe in a personal God. He made fun of people who concern themselves. Uh, he made fun of a. He didn't believe in a God who concerns himself with the fate and actions of human beings. He really thought that was naive. So I definitely don't think that his quote was intended for this very purpose. But what I've began to feel like is that this this idea of moving forward, you know, it sounded very eerily similar to Paul's pressing on that we see in Scripture. And what I believe it meant to say, what I believe we were we were what we need to understand is that this obedient life during the trials is just keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward, keeping your balance, keeping moving forward. And why I believe that was the answer uh, to this obedience, to this quantifier from Romans 8, 28, is because when we move forward, we move forward without, with uncertainty. When we have trials and we move forward, that is faith. You know, so when you keep moving forward, you're moving forward without understanding. So when we have trials such as my daughter's trials, you know, I had no idea what the future held. I had no idea what her care would look like. I had no idea what medical conditions would pop up. But when you keep moving forward without that understanding, that's faith. And I really believe that that's what Scripture was telling us in Romans eight twenty eight, that all things God works together with those who keep moving forward to bring about what is good. Now, when you say moving forward, what does that mean? Um, well, I found a good quote from Joyce Meyer, and Joyce Meyer had a very good quote that what moving forward meant was in the midst of your trial, you keep on praying, you keep on believing, you keep on doing whatever you're supposed to be doing while waiting on God. You know, this idea that we get up every day, we focus on what we're supposed to do, and we do it, and we wait on God. You know, we keep moving forward. And, and what that looked like was taking care of my daughter, focusing on her care, the doctors, taking care of her, not worrying about the future, not worrying about how the medical bills would be paid, not worrying about her care, what would happen to her down the road, whether, whether this would happen or that happened. In the midst of trials, we keep on praying, we keep on believing, we keep on doing what we're supposed to be doing while waiting on God. You know, we're getting up every day. You know, this is very difficult, getting up every day, focusing on the things that you're supposed to do. It's not so easy. You know, Scripture talks an awful lot about, you know, living in the present. The Christian life is meant to be lived in the present, one day at a time. You know, not the, not the future, not the past, but in the present. You know, getting up every day, doing what you're supposed to be doing, uh, waiting on God. It's not easy. It's, def it's definitely not easy for a fixer. As I've referred to many, many times, Wilsons are fixers. We like to fix problems. If you want to torture a fixer, give them a problem that they cannot solve. Give them a problem that they don't know the outcome. Give them a problem that they feel helpless because they don't know how to solve the problem. That is extremely difficult to do. You know, it's very difficult to get up every day, focus on the things that you're supposed to be doing and doing it. You know, so much of the time, I don't think the issue is so much that we don't know what to do, 
It's just doing it. This is where we shortcut, shortcut the process. This is where we short-circuit God. This is sometimes when our sin takes over. We start doing self-destructive things. We don't live in the present one day at a time. We don't focus on the things that we need to be doing. So let's just stop there and we'll come back from the break and talk about this a little bit more.